podcast brought to you by the young horologist. I'm joined as always by my good friend, Mr. Callum Moore. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I am all well now that this is working. Exactly. We have had some te- technical difficulties, but we will brush over that and um, power regardless. <laughs> Ever so professional as always, Felix. It's what we strive for. Yeah. We are also joined, as you may have heard, by a, a third voice. We are joined today by a special guest. Uh, it's Ricky from Scottish Watches. How are you? I am doing well, if this works. If yeah, this exactly. Works. If this yeah. works, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. But uh, no, thank you very much for coming on. Um, as I was saying, it's worth, worth uh, mentioning to those listeners uh, of you who listen to Scottish Watches... There are normally two members, and uh, Rick, I would imagine, is not here because he's away spying or, I don't know, something or other. So we've, we, we've, we've got Ricky today. But no, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's something, something to do with sheep. So something to do with sheep. Yeah. He's a farmer. That, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the, uh, the customary wristwatch check, shall we? You go first, Felix. No, we'll, we'll no, do the guest first. Yeah. guest first. Ricky, what are you, what are you wearing? Well, today I have been wearing something you probably won't like because nobody likes it. It's one of my 25th anniversary 6900 series G-Shocks that I got about a week ago there. Just coming up two weeks now. And uh, yeah, full metal head with uh, a very interesting sort of colour scheme. It looks a bit like C-3PO. Don't know if you've seen this one on our Instagram. Yes, I have. Yes, it's the gold one. Yep, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, nice. So, a little bit different. I thought it was the 1600 series that I first got. My first ever G-Shock about two and a half years ago there. So when these came out, why not? Quarter of a century of that series, might as well. Yeah, Nostalgia. exactly, exactly. Mr. Moore. What, what am I wearing? Yourself? Yeah, what quite wearing? quite interesting, actually. I am wearing a Girard Perigot um, Gyromatic that will soon be for sale on the Urologist website. However, as usually what happens with these watches that we buy and sell, I try and sell them as slowly as possible because I quite enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. This thing's awesome. I mean, I, I bought this on um, Sterling Vault auctions, um, which was a fairly painless experience. It was, the photos were terrible, so I took a bit of a risk, and it, it just turned out so good. I mean, the, the, the value that comes with these vintage Gerard Perigo, I, mm. I, I don't know why I haven't gone into them before because... <clears throat> this movement was one of the most, I, I can't remember the complete history, but it is one of the most accurate automatic movements of that era. Um, and it, it, it is quite famous for the movement itself, the Geromatic. And it's, uh, you, you can pick them up for like four or five hundred quid and steal it's, it's awesome. Yeah, they, they seem like they're a bit under the radar, actually. I think they are. Not many people know about I mean, Felix wasn't getting as excited when he saw it as he usually does. But, um, it was only I think it's because you're stressed. I, I, was, I was a bit, yeah. my mind was elsewhere. Yeah, but no, it's a very nice piece. Mm. Very, very cool. I'll have to have a proper look at it later. Yeah, you should. In the pub. What about you, Felix? So, you will be surprised to hear I am, I am breaking tradition and I'm not wearing my Submariner. Nice. I'm actually wearing a watch that I think Ricky also owns, which is the That's Swatch right. Amsterdam edition. Oh. Today. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a bit of a backstory, instead, I've started recently, instead of uh, collecting Hard Rock Cafe t-shirts or fridge magnets when I go travelling, I've decided that every place I go, within reason, I'm going to collect a commemorative swatch from that place, whether they have one or not. I heard the swatch uh, Syria edition is really, uh, it's really nice, to be fair. I have as well. Yeah, yeah. the Aleppo yeah. edition, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm wearing my Amsterdam one. Um, I've got one from, I've actually got one from Edinburgh. Oh, nice. Was up there recently. Good. Tartar, a little tartan number, mm-hmm. a couple of others. But yeah, so, uh, oh, it's the weekend. 
bit, bit relaxed, bit chilled, so I'll strap on a good old swatch. Good. So I'm apparently the only one wearing a mechanical watch in this situation. Yeah, you are. Come on, man. Yeah. Get with the teams. Yeah, quartz and digital is the way forward. Yeah. Right. Come on. He says. Daniel Wellington's been smashing it. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's my favourite. So... What to talk about? Why don't we just start with the with the elephant in the room wearing his face mask and talk about coronavirus, mm, shall we? Yeah. Because as as we've all heard in the in the past couple of days, both Basil and Watches and Wonders have been they've been postponed, haven't they? Not cancelled. I think is that right? Yeah. Um, I, I've I, I've sort of I haven't dove deep into the press release about it, but I think from what I've heard, they've both been postponed, haven't they? Which we all, we all saw coming. Yeah. The, 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 the interesting question, and I, I'm in exactly the same opinion uh, as you are, Ricky, I think that actually it, this could be spelling the demise of Basil and Watches and Wonders, because as far as I can see, it costs a fuckload to go and exhibit there. Mm, yep. And if as a brand like LVMH Group did, they had their own watch event in Dubai, if you can get away with releasing your new pieces and not spending an arm and a leg going to a trade fair, surely brands are going to take this mm. as a sign and realise that they don't need to go. Well, it's let's first of all preface this by saying this is a first world problem. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because... Yeah, we're talking about watch shows and isn't it a shame that we won't be able to go across and drink champagne and look at million and a half pound watches with Jacob and Cole, but people yeah. are dying out there. So this is a very first world. But it is a podcast to do with horology and watches, yeah. so that's why we're here. Let's get out of the way. Um, bigger than that, the the Geneva car show, the Geneva motor show, it got canned as well. That yeah. was the, the first yeah. one to can it. Well, Watches and Wonders dropped, and that's run by Richemont and Friends, but... Yeah. The word on the street behind the scenes was they were quite happy about this because they've not been doing so well anyway. So yeah. it was a good oh, get-out. Okay. Plus last year uh, was the last year that AP and Richard Mille attended. So they had dropped two of their big boys. Mm. And it's basically just the, the folks within Richmond Group that would basically trade and show off their new stuff. They were quite happy about it. LVMH doing Dubai Watch Week, they always gate-crashed the party. A couple of years ago at SIHH, which was the previous name of Watches and Wonders, they got a massive ship and brought it along in Geneva and had a party outside SIHH to try and divert people away from it. So they're always up to no good. That's fantastic. Um, Very well played. But it was the, the Swiss government eventually jumped in and said, mm. enough is enough. We're going to limit any congregations of a thousand or more people in Switzerland and we'll revise it in a few weeks' time. And that was the end. Basel just basically threw in the towel and went, well, you know, it's coming close to it. They're doing their setup at the moment because it takes them a good amount of time to build up all these mm, display areas. Sure. And they thought, right, we can kill it now or we can start building stuff up and then it's going to die. It's going to cost us the manpower of doing the setup. Yeah. Now, the problem is for exhibitors, because they haven't come out and cancelled it, because they've used the terminology postpone and they've given a date and allegedly, I don't know this for sure, but I've been told in their terms and conditions, they have a clause that says if the show is abandoned, basically you don't get your money back, we'll reschedule. So ah, that's okay. a tricky one. In mm. the grander scheme of things, apart from people losing lives and whatnot, there are other issues that people aren't really looking at, maybe as much as they should, and that is car production has halted. 
because most big automotive manufacturers across the world use the just-in-time system and parts yeah. coming from China, sensors, yeah. uh, hard components aren't arriving. Mm. Medical devices in hospitals, most of the components and parts are made in China mm. and it has this trickle-down knock-on effect. And then obviously we've seen a couple of casualties in the watch world already, like Romain Jerome or RJ as they were renamed last year. They've fallen foul and gone out of business in the last couple of days as well. Yeah, and this is the early stages of everything. Um, Italy's had problems, flights, we've got a guy that contributes to Scottish watches and he was trying to fly from Italy across to London and usually it's a full plane. He took a photograph of the boarding area and he was the only person in it. And wow. the, the, oh, the, the stocks and share prices of the big conglomerates like your LVMHs, your Reese Monitors Watch Group, they're down 3% or more in the last couple of days. And the other thing I heard was, what was it? It was some, some massive thing. It, that was like the airline industries. Because people aren't booking flights and because mm. there's all this problem of getting in and out of places and somebody catches or gets caught with the virus, they are losing billions per day. Mm. And airlines go out of business, left, right and centre, but at the blink of an eye. So this is going to have major consequences for the world all over, not just the watch world. Yeah, it really well, is. Saying, the FTSE, FTSE 100 drops, the most it's dropped since 2008, just in general, as an economic wow. in scarcity, yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, and, and also, so have you, have you got to the point yet <coughs> of booking your accommodation and flights for Yeah, I booked everything because it's easy I've said this in our podcast a number of times mm. and Americans hate me for it, it's so cheap so easy yes, to yeah, fly yeah. from the UK across, Edinburgh is our yeah. uh, airport destination to get across there and it takes an hour and a half roughly mm. and the flights on EasyJet are around about £70 return so I'd already booked at the start of the month and I've booked my apartment just across the border from Basel in St. Louis in France because it's a lot cheaper. So I've got my apartment booked from Booking.com. I've got my flights through EasyJet. I can get my money back from Booking.com and EasyJet, allegedly, oh. are about to kill all flights, which means they will refund the money for all the flights that are already booked. So it's not going to, even if it costs me the money of the apartment and the flights, if I don't go, if I do go, it's not a big expense. It's the guys no. in the States, it's the guys in Australia, yeah. your time, mm-hmm. your tide, all those folks that have booked well in advance, that have got hotels and money outstanding that aren't going to get across. Yeah. Um, ben Clam is going to be a bit short. Yeah, poor, poor Hedinky. I mean, no 9-11s this month, Benny boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's he going to do? He's going to be kicking his heels. Yeah. He'll be yeah. crying into his tweed handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> With his gold AP on thing. Oh. Yeah, he's got that poor yeah. speedster as well. Interesting, yeah. interesting times. It will be. I think what will be interesting is whether they are just saying, "Oh, we're postponing it to keep people's hopes up," or whether actually they're already sitting there going, "Look, they're not going to go ahead." But let's just let's just keep everyone interested on the off chance that some exhibitors and brands might still mm. come along if we're. Yeah, I don't it's... know. Basel, I've always had a thing in my head about them because I've been going since 2017 when I got into this hobby. So I'm quite fresh in, and. This is something that is an institution, not just in Basel, but in Switzerland as a yeah. whole. And for watchmaking, it's been running 102 years. Yeah. And in the last three years, it has been decimated. 2017, I went across. I slept in Basel Airport overnight to get home in the morning. And it was just a, a, an extravaganza for me. Into a new hobby, three months, went to the biggest show in the world. <laughs> 
And there was 1,800 exhibitors across all the halls and all the levels. And then the following year, it dropped a bit. And then by last year, it was down to about six, five, 600 exhibitors. Wow. Now, that sounds like it's going to be really bad. But you can't get around. Even if you're there for two or three days, you're not going to get around all those exhibitors and see all oh, the new stuff. Was then, wasn't it? yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's massive. It is huge. And they're clinging on for dear life, trying to do everything they could. Mm. They put in a media centre last year, which, because we'd started the website, the blog and the podcast, I get access to. And it was an experience from that side. Mm. I think the problem, as I've said before, and you guys have picked up on, is the people that would have gone this year, all these brands... That would have spent upwards of fifty million, I believe, was the price Jesus, one group wow. was spending to get there. Because you get your staff, your accommodation, yeah. your build-up, your entry fee, insurance, etc. If they don't see, well, this is the other issue. I was going to say, if they don't see a drop in sales or interest levels, mm. they won't come back. But then again, everything is now decimated because all those Swiss-made watches have got parts that come from China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So yes, yeah, yeah. Th- there's going to be a drop across the board. Um, the knock-on effect, again, we speak with a guy you might be familiar with, Nick from Fears Watch Company. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has always stuck to his guns, and it's been British watch design and manufacture yeah. with Swiss parts. So he doesn't import anything from China. across in China, yeah. whereas other micro-brands, boutiques, and smaller operations do, because you know it's worthwhile monetary-wise. And he has had every other company phone him saying, where do you get this? Where do you get that? Is there capacity? Is there manufacturing available to help us out? So there's a knock-on effect. The dominoes will fall, and mm. it will be across the board. Well, actually, so, so interestingly, we a couple of weeks ago we were at um, we, we did an interview with Crispin Jones from uh, who is the founder of Mr. Jones Watches. Not sure if you've mm-hmm. heard them before. And he oh, was yes. yep. yeah yeah. So we had a little workshop tour and did an interview with him and he was saying actually that his um he's been having some supply chain issues yeah. and this was three weeks ago so um coronavirus was at its inception but he was already foreseeing delays in supply of parts etc from from coronavirus so I'm, i i feel like uh, yeah the whole industry's in some way or another is definitely going to be affected aren't they well it started in december it's a the knock-on effect of chinese new year where everything kind of closes mm. And then straight off the yeah, back of that, yeah. nothing reopened. It stayed closed. So it's not like it went up and it came down and it went up again. It stayed dead it's in stayed December. Dead, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So that's one quarter of the year gone. And even if tomorrow there was a vaccination or a cure or something else, these ships take a long time to start moving yeah. forward again. So it could be the end of the year if they get things together. It could be the end of the year before we actually see things turn around. And the calamities and the casualties along the way will be mm. numerous. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. So, what did out of all the big Swiss names, who actually makes? Because I know that quite a lot of the cases and things, they mm. tend to be a little bit. Some of them come from China and a little bit quite. I remember Tag Heuer on some of their like act races. Mm. The rumor was they were coming. Those cases were coming from China and stuff. Yeah, I know it's probably not common knowledge, but which of the big Swiss brands do you reckon? Uh, they they have components made in China. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm, not, I would, I'm guessing that the big boys like Rolex and Miro, they make. Well, Rolex in-house, is completely in house. Yeah, They've yeah. got um, completely vertically integrated. So everything yeah. they do, down to the sapphire on the hands, uh, the hairsprings, that's a component that mostly gets outsourced. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. But they do they everything. Do I think the only thing they don't get is their own meteorites for the dials. 
which we now know where they buy them from as well. Yes, so yes. that's about the only thing they get from elsewhere. They've got their own foundries where they make their 904 l steel, yeah. now called oyster steel. They've got their own gold places. They've got their own gemologists for the, the sapphires and the diamonds that they mm. use. Other brands, it yeah. depends. <laughs> I mean, Tudor, mm. from what I'm led to believe, could be wrong. Tudor, allegedly. because allegedly is a great word we use in Scotland <laughs> yeah. all the time. Because they're at a far lower price point, they will use parts from everywhere else. They use yeah. ETAs, yeah. they use different hands. Uh, the loom is not the same, it's not chromolite, they use Superluminova. Uh, so they have access to other suppliers in Switzerland and China, and your your budget tags around about the, the £1,500 and upwards mark. Yeah. Most of that stuff will come across from China because yeah. a lot of people stupidly think Chinese is crap, yeah. but where's your iPhone made? Yeah, That's yeah. not crap. Right. There are different variations. You can have the cheapest of the cheap, and you can have very clever, yeah. skillful workforce with the best CNC machines in the world producing things. So, mm. yeah, it's good. It's it's actually scary to think beyond just what's happening. Oh well, you know, three shows have disappeared in a week. Well, it's everything else that's happening as well. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's the why we we, we take a very <laughs> we, we we're looking at it with narrow focus from a watch point of view. But actually, mm. you're, you're right. The effects on automotive industry and and even things they sell like iPhones and yeah. so many things are made in made in China. You say about yeah, the medical was... instruments as well. That's that's something that you didn't think about. Yeah, it's yeah. everything. Uh, if you get medical devices mm. from Philips. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a European company, but manufacturing processes are in China and Taiwan. Parts come from China and Taiwan, the microprocessors and everything, <laughs> the foundries are over there. So it, it's massively, it's going to affect everybody in a big way. Uh, and it's going to be like one of those disaster movies. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, it was going to end. Yeah, yeah, we're all going to yeah. be living in the forest. And but the, the good news is that my Batman price will probably go up. Well, yes, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So quit in. They're quit always... In. There's always a silver lining. There's always a silver lining exactly. to the end of the world. Apart yeah. from all of the death. Yeah, mm-hmm. the death and destruction. Yeah. The price of Batman's will go up. The, yep. the slight problem is, um, or this has kind of put a dent in our plan, because obviously one of the topics of conversation was going to be Basel World predictions, and obviously that's now been buggered because Basel World's not happening. So. Exactly, exactly. But even d- d- despite that, so Monochrome, who year on year bring out their list of predictions, mainly for Rolex, mm. and mm-hmm. sometimes are spot on, sometimes not, they have released a new set of 2020 predictions, and we're looking at the page now. I don't know if you've seen this, Ricky, but there are some actually nope. some quite interesting um, predictions that they've made, one of which I like a lot. So I've, I've been saying for a number of years, and we spoke about this in another episode, that the Milgauss needs a bit of rejuvenation. It's been, mm-hmm. it, it's been... It's the longest-running longest running model, isn't it? It's the, it's the longest-running, unchanged yeah. Rolex model that they've done. But it's a it's a, bit of, it's a bit of a sleeper, and personally for me, I'm not a big fan. What I want to see is a new, is a re-release of the original Milgauss, the 6542. I want to say, and I've been saying this for a while about you know reinventing that sort of um, 5512 cased Explorer with the uh, Explorer, sorry, Milgauss with the lightning uh, bolt, yeah, second yeah. hand, and all of that, and monochrome. <clears throat> and we'll put, we'll put these photos in the show notes have predicted exactly that for this Basel world, which isn't going to happen. It is basically a Submariner with a red triangle at 12 and a Milgauss lightning bolt hand. How close is this to the predictions from last year, though? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, what what did they do last year? Yeah, what did they do? Because we, well, we, me and a couple of guys when we were over in Geneva last year, 
for SIHH, you stop off at the Rolex boutique on the way back. Mm-hmm. And I was asking the staff in there, you know, what are the ideas for Basel? Thinking they wouldn't know anything. And one of the people in there said that the Mulgars was going to get changed last year. Never happened. Interesting. So, so the so I'm just looking at the predictions they did for last year. And last year, they said Mulgars. Yeah. They, they did predict a Mulgars, but it's more of an explorer case. Smooth bezel, Ooh. straight second hand. Whereas this mm-hmm. one is a bit more... Sub-y. A bit more beef, a bit more submariner-esque. Um, right. But I don't know. I think that looks quite good. But then you, Cal, you're a fan of the current Milgaus, aren't you? I call that the... the green crystal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, do call it. I like about it the way that people 30 years after the Paul Newman was release, uh, released liked the Paul Newman in the sense that it's so on Rolex. Rolex keep everything very traditional. Mm. it's all very they don't take many risks and then suddenly you've got this crazy Rolex with a weird dial collar this lightning bolt hand I just like the fact it's a bit out there because you know they they release new stuff but the changes are always so minimal well, yeah it's like yeah, it's like a Jubilee on it Happy yeah exactly yeah, yeah it's a prime example whereas they've just got this weird ugly cousin that sits in retail uh, in, in retailers and it's I, don't, I, I think it's a cool piece and I think if there is a change, they discontinue the old one. I think it would it would, it would be a big big increase in price. I reckon it'll be one of those. Yeah. I reckon it will suddenly people start appreciating it more. Um, I don't. I think yeah. I think it's a cool watch from a from a what's the word a, a unique perspective on on things. What would what would you like to see, Ricky? If a brand could release a watch at Basel or SIHH, oh, watch the wonders if they go ahead. What would you? What would be at the top of your list? Yeah. What's on the Christmas Ooh. list? Nothing at the moment. Well, actually, that's a lie. There's, there's a lot. The problem with you guys will start to appreciate this as well. Doing the podcast and spending more time involved in looking at new watches and releases and thinking things up. There's a white noise that appears because there's so many releases, mm, yeah. so many nice things, and your eyes are opened up to, to weird and wonderful stuff. Um, I had my name down for one of the Zenith Inventors. And that just started to evaporate. And that was a watch I was really interested in because it was unique. Yes, yeah, I remember you saying on the, on the podcast, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw the original one, which was called the Defy Lab back in 2017. So that's like nearly three years now. And it was incredible. And then I put my name down on the list a year later, put a deposit down and heard nothing. Mm. And then last year at Baselworld, I had the chance to speak to the techs at Zenith behind the scenes and they were quite open and honest and basically said yeah it doesn't work so we've had to redesign redevelop a lot of stuff on it and it it kind of still doesn't work right you know and i couldn't believe what they were telling me they basically said if you had your watch and you had the original one and you just put it on the table and kind of dropped it onto a, a normal table it would shatter jesus i mean that's the mechanism the mechanism inside because it is such a thin sliver of silicon and because it's oscillating at 15 times per second, all it would take is that little, this is too and it would shatter. Yeah. So what they did was they re-engineered it. They changed the, the system inside, so the escapement, instead of being direct cog to cog mm. in silicon, they put a rubber, um, you know, in a, a dual-mass flywheel, there's like a rubber surround that absorbs some of the shock. Oh, yes, yeah, That's yeah. what they kind of built in. But they built it so it would absorb horizontal movement. No, vertical movement so if you dropped it on a table it would be okay but see if you tapped it on the side it would still shatter right okay 
yeah, yeah. So until they figured that one out, it was always going to be an issue. So that that has been the quiet mm. side project that mm. has kind of been put under the carpet. We've not seen or heard anything. So I just got my money back. A watch that I am putting a deposit on mm. is one. Rick on the podcast got sent this monstrosity of a watch from a company called Orage, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And I looked at it and I thought, really, what the hell is that? And unlike other podcasts, unlike other uh, more mainstream publications, if we don't like something, we'll tell you. Mm. We'll see, Very much if... like Jeremy Clarkson and old top mm. here. If he doesn't like yeah. something, he will tell you. Well, so I, I said it was shit. Yeah, we'll see. So, so just a sidebar, what I liked is I watched the, the talk show episode you did with the two tracks from Harage. And I, I, oh, I, good. I found it, which I love, by the way. I'm enjoying those <clears> videos <throat> a lot. And what I liked is that you just turned around to them and went, yeah, I'm not glad at first watch you sent Rick. I thought it was shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not, you know, be honest, you know, that, 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 that's what pisses me off about Hadinky is everything is amazing no matter mm. what it is they could review the new Danny Wellington and say it's the best thing since sliced bread yeah. and it's actually we need we need people like you guys to just say it how it is yeah. if it's shit it's shit you know yeah. call the spade um, a spade don't but sorry dinky, carry on other... no no not at all not sure, yeah. I, I appreciate the fact you guys watch the, the shows and listen to the podcast that is appreciated it's good to hear that but what you'll find with most magazines if, if you pick up a magazine or you did back when publications were the in thing before the internet killed them <laughs> you would never generally find a review of like music an album or anything that would say it was shit mm. if it was a shit album they would refuse to do the review yeah. yeah because sponsorship because advertising dollars and hodinki obviously have a shop they've got a lot of advertising mm. we heard a figure that rolex pay them per annum for advertising and it was in the millions really so they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them. Yeah, Whereas we've gone into this where we've got no allegiances to any brand. I'll turn around and I'll say the, the Daytona is a girl's watch. I will say this about that. I'll say some speedies are shit looking and I'll take the piss out of the fact they've got no water resistance yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah. And if something nice comes along, it doesn't matter if it's made by G-Shock or Invicta or Vostok. If it's nice, you know, and I like it's it, I'll nice. say that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, the Haraj guy sent this watch to Rick mm. and it just, it was not my cup of tea. And uh, I was very vocal about it. He took it to a Red Bar meeting where we were doing a live podcast and he passed it around and everybody kind of agreed with me. It was it was not nice. So instead of those guys getting really pissed off and blocking us on Instagram and not replying to our messages, they emailed me and said, well, do you like any on our website? So I went on their website mm. and there's one that's made of a meteorite, same meteorite that Rolex use. Oh, yeah. And instead of just taking a sub-homage and throwing a sliver of meteorite into the yeah. dial, they crafted the full re-hot chapter ring area to be a crater of meteorite. Oh. So I had a look at this. It had kind of onyx-coloured power reserve indicator marks that I found out later were brass and polished and then treated. So I had a look at that and thought, this is great. Then they sent across another uh, few that I quite liked and looked at them. One of them I liked, one of them I didn't like. And then they were going on this world tour around, well, the world, starting off in Glasgow for some reason, uh, to promote their turbine that they've been working on. Mm. With, um, one of the, the Swiss manufacturers, Le Jeu Paris, I think it is. Okay. And they've been working on this for a good number of years. Prior to that, they invented their own movement. And they've spent 10 years working on that. Yeah. So they don't mess about. And if you've seen that talk show episode, you'll mm. have heard the two guys explaining it's because Andy's wife over in Asia makes dials for these big Swiss companies and she makes millions of them a year. And if Etta had decided to 
you know, close the taps a little bit on supplying movements to mm. these independents and these bigger players, who's going to need to buy dials? Mm. So that's yeah, why they yeah, started yeah. working on a movement and to promote the fact that they were creating mm. the movement, they made their own line of watches. So it's a double-edged sword. They supply movements to other brands. They also make their own watches. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, that the, the to bring the story around to what you asked, if there's one I'm after, it's the turbine that they brought out. They do this blue... It looks like a waffle or a grid, and I didn't understand why until they explained it's because that's where all the components sit, and it's to look a little bit like their motif. And that one there, a Swiss-made flying turbion, mm. where the carriage and the escapement is titanium and silicon, and that is coming in at five thousand four hundred pounds plus for an in-house turbion. <laughs> I mean, that's Swiss-made, not from China, yeah, yeah. not made of not made of brass, not made of steel. You know, it's it's the right stuff and it's cosk. Oh, I do. So, I so, you, did, did, did you say that you're going for? So we're on the website yeah. now because I, I was familiar with the watch that the uh, Rick has been putting on your Instagram, but I wasn't familiar with the turbine. Is it the blue dial that you said you're going for? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, the see, blue crisscross. We're looking at yeah, that now, cool. and that cool. is a cool piece of kit with the with the uh, the, the cutout squares yeah. on the dial. That's a yeah. That's a pretty. Uh, it's it's a conversation starter. That's for sure. This is this is, yeah, what, this is one is. thing I've sort of brought up with Felix before. Like you get a lot of these Kickstarter brands who are trying to start their own brand, and they basically just become, as you said before, homage kind of brands. Yeah, yeah. They just they just recycle the same kind of stuff over and over again, but it's cheaper and not as good. However, yeah. this is this is like a brand that's actually doing something innovative, as you said, and yeah, they're, they're delivering something really. Really high end, but at mm-hmm. a, a reasonable, yeah, reasonable in inverted commas, obviously. Well, behind the size. scenes, behind the scenes, these guys are not, they're not young. They've been in the different industries for many years. They were mm. in sportswear manufacturing, sports equipment, so that gives them an insight into how manu- manufacturing actually works. Because most people that start a micro brand, they think well, it's dead easy. You know, you pick parts out of a Chinese catalog. <laughs> Hit the link to send PayPal, and uh, in a few months' time, you'll have some watches. Yeah, yeah. These guys know the ins and outs of the industry, mm-hmm. and they are making no money. The Turbion is a loss leader product yeah, say, to build the brand, be, yeah. and they're doing a limited production run of 500 today. The day we're recording this, 29th, is the day that the pre launch has gone online, oh, so you can go in okay. and set your interest. In different ones you can customize as well you can choose the color of the the components inside that grid arrangement you can choose the case the strap loads of options as well um, and the price is just ridiculous on the back of it you flip it over the back of it even the horage logo has been laser etched using an eczema laser which is the same femtocell laser that you use for eye surgery wow so when you look at the logo in different lights it changes color like a hologram That's awesome they are, they're doing, I mean, that is, that's a pretty amazing from a brand who mm. actually, these guys have been around for a pretty long time. I think 2007, yeah. is that right? Yep, they 2007, started? they started just as the, the whole financial collapse <laughs> was kicking yeah. off everywhere. And they, they dug their heels in. They did a couple of smaller things. They got their name known. They made their K1 movement. And, you know, here they are now just about to take the world by storm. And they really are because they've been a quiet, mm. unknown entity that no one really knows about, no one's heard about but they're about to kick it big. A blog to watch have just discovered them. We've done stuff. Mm. Armin, the watch guy, who's now the, the watch yeah, yeah. chronicler, yeah. he's done some videos, and they're over in the Far East at the moment. I think they're over in Taipei. So they came on. When we launched our video that you're talking about, the other talk mm. show episode, 
they were in the live chat on YouTube answering questions from people and I've had messages for the past week saying, right, okay, I'm, I'm really keen on this. How do I get my hands on one? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah. fingers crossed they do well from yeah, it because they deserve it. Well, I, yeah, I, I, um... Do they have stores? Do they have boutiques? Or is it all online? They don't at the moment. Yeah. They pretty much just sell online, yeah. which is kind of the way of things. Yeah. Um, they have had a couple of outlets, one of which was in the UK, but they're a bunch of shady buggers and they no longer sell it. I can't name who that is because it's a non-disclosure agreement. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but, I mean, yeah. yes, I mean, we, we, we've been in this hobby for the hell of a oh, don't know how long, a long old time. And yeah, never heard of these guys until you, uh, until they cropped up yeah, on your yeah, site. But yeah. I mean, this, to- this turban looks like a serious piece of kit. I'd love to, uh, love to get my, uh, well, get my hands on one. You remember the um, seagull made a turbion? Yes, they yeah. did. And it was like 1,200 quid, something yeah, like that, yeah. I think. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty crazy, but I never saw it in person, so I can never say how how decent it was made. But, I mean, that, that's it's still a price. It's probably not. I don't know. I had a seagull. It quid seagull. Uh, it's, it works, I've heard. Yeah. It, I mean, I mean it, it that's works. a start, you know, isn't it? Like, that, that's, so, basically, my... I, if you didn't know, Ricky, so I, I lived in Hong Kong for a few years when I was sort of growing up. In, oh, um, right, okay. The first watch that sort of kicked it off for me was actually Seagull. So mm-hmm. I'd got into watches because obviously in Hong Kong, there's just fucking everywhere, like there's billboards. It's, it's the most watch-crazy place. I've. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so intensely into watches that it sort of became infectious. And I, um, you know, I was, I, was, I was, what, 17 probably? So I'd, I had very little money in basically went past the Seagull Boutique and it was one of the ones with the exposed flywheel. Mm-hmm. So obviously me being a, a fair novice at the time, I was thinking, my God, that's so cool. It's, 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 it's a two-piece. But then it ended up uh, being a flywheel. And obviously, but I, I bought that and that was kind of the uh, kind of what's that kicked it all off for me, really. That was your gateway drug? That was the yeah. gateway drug, yeah. 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 So Seagull, they were the guys that bought the machines from one of the, the manufacturers so they could reproduce yeah, certain yeah, yeah, items. Yeah. Yes, they yeah. did. I yeah. did it, I... I think I did an article on yeah. this, and I can't even remember the backstory. Which yeah, they, they bought yeah, they did. Because so um, yeah. that, yeah, they, the, I can't even remember, the 1963, whatever, that chronograph. That chronograph mm-hmm. military thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't Minerva, but it was someone of that ilk that yeah. used to make watches back in the day. Can't was remember. it not Minerva? No, because Breitling have just bought, recently bought. Yeah, I knew, yeah. yeah. What? I can't remember. Is Minerva not uh, Montblanc? Yeah, Mont- you think oh, Montblanc. Sorry, who did I say yeah. Breitling? Yeah. Not, you know I'll what? keep you right, don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, someone needs to. Yeah. So. yeah. And you know what? Since that has happened, Mont Blanc have been doing some really cool stuff because they've got that mono, monopristic chronograph they released yeah, since they bought Minerva. So they have actually been doing some pretty cool stuff. And I've always just had a little bit of respect for Mont Blanc. You know, they, they make a that? good pen. They make the good so, ones, I mean, yeah. Yes, you know. But is the... Um, what was that watch they had where it was... It, the time was displayed on discs and the disc would spin... Is it the two globes? No, the no. geosphere. No, the um, it's not. It's not. It's not that chap, is it? No, no. Yeah, I think that's what Ricky's thinking of. It's one before that. It's been around for a while, and it was right. um, it, it just had sort of two discs, and one disc was the other one disc was minutes. Let's see if the power of the internet can. Uh... I was going to say, I, I, I want to say, that sounds like a seven Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This thing here, yeah, yeah. The Nicholas Wright, the That's it, yeah. Nicholas Reisek, yeah, yeah, yeah. something rather. Nicholas, yeah. You, you'll recognise if you see it. I right. that's been around for a while, and I remember seeing that in a boutique and thinking, actually, you know what? That's that's a pretty cool, the pretty thing, cool piece. The thing of that I like about 
uh, Mont Blanc is that if you if you wore a, a, a geophysique, for example, and you walk, yeah. you're walking down the street and someone goes, oh, nice watch, you go, yeah, it's from Mont Blanc. They go, well, hang on a minute, Mont Blanc make pens and bags. Well, well, you know, that's basically a glorified fashion watch. But you're there mm-hmm. going, <laughs> actually, no, it's not. Mm. Serious piece of kit. I think they're, uh, yeah, they, they make some good stuff, actually. The geophysique's the Diego Puter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm not Felix, doing very well today. For God's sake, I'm, well. I'm, I'm, I'm off. He's, he's, he's nervous. It's, it's his first time. I'm sorry. It's, he's oh. <laughs> but the team we got the recordings working, you know. Yeah, yeah. all the enthusiasm had escaped. He's, he's, but, he's, he's well, just exhausted now. Yeah, it reminds me. It reminds me. Of... Oh, hello. It is. There we go. I'll, uh... For a minute there, we thought it was our fault. <laughs> no, I got an incoming call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which uh, no, I'll, I'll, it was bound to happen. It was bound to happen. So. It was going too well. It was going yeah, too well is. for about half an hour. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know. But no, what I was saying there was that uh, Matt Barra. Oh, yes, yeah, of course, yep. yeah, Smoking Tire. Uh, smoking Tire podcast, watch and listen. His father was the CEO of uh, Ralph Lauren over in the States. Yes, yeah, yeah. And they brought out these watches that people just thought were cheap, shitty fashion watches, but in actual yeah, fact, I know what you're talking they about. They had yeah. these GLC movements that were worth yeah. $30,000, dollars 50000 Nobody wanted them because it said Ralph Lauren and the, the yeah. tag outside, and now they go super cheap until, well, maybe they're, they're a lot more expensive now, but nobody knew what they were, so you could grab yourself a bargain. Yeah, because I know got, exactly he, what you mean. He's, yeah. he's, got a, he's got a white gold. Uh, I remember watching the episode where he was speaking about it. He's got a white gold Ralph Lauren. Oh, I can't think what it A, a chronograph or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they make, make it too, don't they? I swear they make it. They make, they, make some, they make some nice watches. Yep. Um, well, so I remember reading something or watching something. Maybe it's a dinky thing. Ralph Lauren himself, like the guy who runs it now, he's a massive watch. Oh, player, Ralph, Ralph Lauren himself is a yeah, huge he's, watch he's guy. big watch guy. Yeah, and cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I have to no, say, no. in the as we were speaking about earlier about in the interest of you know saying it like it is, I I've gone back recently and listened to every episode of Watch and Listen yeah. on my way into work because what else am I going to listen to if it's not about watches? And I have to say. I don't like Matt Farah on the podcast in the slightest. Oh. He really, he, he, I don't know. There's just he, he, he seems like a nice bloke. And when when I watch the video, the YouTube videos of the podcast, he comes across like a nice chap. But there's just, I don't know something about him. Felix, we're trying <sighs> to expand the younger audience. You can't. You can't yeah, but it's fine because he's not on the podcast anymore. <laughs> well, it's now Mike Senderovich from Crown of Caliber. Yeah, I think yeah. what happened. What, what happened at the end was. He ran out of steam, he ran out of things to do, and then it transpired that it was a 50 episode <laughs> yes, deal. Yeah, yeah. And he was only there to do the 50 episode, and then he was out of there. Um, so yeah. I think he was obligated to do it. He had an interest, but it wasn't as much of an interest as what we have here, where you know we're, yeah. we're dedicated. His stuff is mm. cars, it always has been. He's opened up his own place, uh, or he's currently building his own place over in the States. So it was always an aside, but he's, mm. he's done well. I mean, yeah, he yeah, went on yeah. to, to Joe Rogan and he spent 20 minutes educating okay. Joe on watches and stuff. Um, ah, I did see this. Yeah, yeah. Seiko, he woke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did, I did watch He was too, talking yeah. about Stallone. He was talking about Panerai, big watches, yeah. Rolex, aftermarket resale value. So yeah. I can understand what you mean. But some of the episodes, the earlier ones, where he was still giving a fuck, I suppose you could say. You know, they are really good. And the ones yes, where he had no, um, Chef Carl Ruiz, when he was on those that were is hilarious. Such a good episode. That's one of the best watch podcasts yeah. outside of ours, obviously. obviously, yeah, obviously that yeah. is mm-hmm. one of the best watch podcast episodes ever. The one with Carl Ruiz. He is a 
Oh, he's just he's such a if there's there's he a bit was talking about um such... sorry yes he was yeah. he was a very very funny bloke yeah um, there was a very funny anecdote that he gave about was it strippers um, uh, yeah, funny enough it was it was about um yeah wearing watches in strip clubs and how uh, all of the ladies in these in said strip clubs always knew if you had a Rolex on because they have blue loom and they would notice it under the <laughs> yeah, they were, what were they called again? Was it Blue Thunders or something? Like yeah, that? Blue Thunder. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, Blue yeah, Thunders. Yeah, yeah. I'd recommend any of you listening, well, if there are any people listening, uh-huh. to go and listen to that episode because it is that's it is it's a very funny. Episode. That was, he was good. A... And the other story, he's actually on two episodes back to back because they recorded two in the one go. Uh-huh, and okay. the on both episodes, he told the same story different ways. And that was when he was a kid, he used to deal with this older guy who was mob related. Yeah. And the advice given was, listen, kid, at some point in your future life, you're going to be with your lady, and one minute, everything's fine, the next minute, you're out in your ear. You've known about it five minutes, she's known about it for six months, so what you need to do is have a watch in your wrist that you can turn into an apartment, first month rent, deposit, and the price of a good mattress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I Which thought, very... that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? It's brilliant. It's, brilliant. It's, it's just investing. It's just investing smart, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, no, I, yeah, it, it, it was a very funny episode. And also, he, he referred to, he summed up, and they, I think they referred to this on a couple of subsequent episodes, that he referred to Grand Seiko as being stealth wealth. Yeah. Which I stealth think sums up yeah, perfectly. Good, because, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I like, Grand Seiko are one of my favourite brands yeah, by a yeah, mile. Really and people still go, hang on a minute, you're spending five, six, ten grand on a Seiko. They yeah. make. Hundred quid watches. Yeah. What's going on? Well, look, that's what I mean. I've got. Don't appreciate. I've got a lot of respect for someone who goes on to Joe Rogan, and you know, it's, it's, it's very American. And he could he could have gone on there wearing something terrible like a Hubler, mm-hmm. but no, he goes on there wearing a Grand Seiko. I, I mean, what's that? So I was like, this guy knows. This yeah. guy. Knows. His his Grand Seiko is quite a rare one as well. He he happened to come by. I think there were, there were less than ten that came to the US, and he was just at a, in a boutique, I think it was, and was looking at watches. Had a look at that one in the case, bought it there and then without realising, nice. and it's an incredibly rare model, from what I remember. I am, of course, paraphrasing as you can tell, because yeah, yeah. I can't quite remember. Well, but, um... we did something like that last year by accident. Don't know if you know that story. I probably do, but you might have to refresh my memory a bit. Yeah, we we've got this place in Glasgow, which is where me and Rick pretty much stay close by, and it's right. called the Argyle Arcade. Um, there's like yes, the Burlington yeah, yeah. Arcade down south. And in there, you have all the big players plus the smaller ones. And one of the more independent boutique areas is called James Porter and Son. Mm -hmm. And the guy that runs that is an enthusiast. And that is a good thing. It's a bad thing. It's bad for business because he buys lots of watches that he likes that the public might not (laughs) want to buy. But it's good for us because we get diversity and variation across ranges. And he got yeah. in some Grand Seikos just the tail end of last year. And me and Rick were going for a wander. And we saw this red dialed Grand Seiko in his window with striations in the dial. And we yeah. thought, Jesus, what's that? So we went in, had a look at it. It was some limited edition. He hadn't expected it. He'd like, ticked some boxes on his stock order. This had turned up with no documentation saying what the hell it was all about. We did an Instagram live on it, shoved it in our Instagram because we thought it was nice. And then we got a message from Grand Seiko UK saying, delete your video. That isn't supposed to be out for a few months. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I, now you mentioned yeah, I Godzilla the story. Thing, this is yeah. the Godzilla. Yeah. No, no, it's not a Godzilla. Oh, it's no, not a Godzilla. No, it came out just before the Godzilla. 
Um, oh. Can't remember because they they give them like long code names and things. I can't remember oh, what it's called. The numbers are just <laughs> they are ridiculous. Oh, it's like SGBZ3. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's like license plates. Whereas at least Rolex, they give you a number like one one. It's four digits, six digits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've got a name. It's like it's a it's a Rolex Daytona Cosmograph, but it's got a yeah. number as well. But Grand Seiko yeah. don't. So this thing that came out and it was in the window and there was only three of them in Scotland. Um, only maybe six in the UK, and they just went immediately. Um, super yes, limited, yeah. beautiful. Probably, and I said, if it had been spring drive, if I'm gonna go buy myself a Grand Seiko, it can't mm. be quartz, it can't be automatic. Even if it's high beat, it has to be spring That's drive. Spring and yeah, this yeah. one wasn't, so I didn't. And then all the mm. spring drives, they put the bloody power reserve indicator, like a windscreen wiper on the front, which looks horrible. Yeah. Blows the symmetry. Ah. Out. I see. It's interesting. So I. <sighs> The, I can't remember which one it's called. So there's a Grand Seiko that I've got my eye on. Um, it's got it on the back. So it's, it's got the Parazov indicator on the dial at the three o'clock position. I think that Felix said that's his favourite part about the watch, I think. And <laughs> that's one that, that Grand Seiko gets me, it causes me all sorts of problems. It just gets you excited. No, yeah, it's, um, I do know what you mean. The, the symmetry is somewhat unusual. Well, they did I still, that GMT, the ivory dial. That's the one that really gets me going. Yeah, Can you remember the reference number of that one? Oh, it's like the S B G H Y seven six. It's like going to the opticians. Yeah, it is. I think it might be a J. Yeah, Grand Seiko. Sort your reference number there. Yeah. I mean, the one that really got me was they did uh, again another limited edition because they've been following Hodinkee's uh, lead with that. Mm. You know, limited editions for days. And they mm. brought out a... Like Amiga. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it, it, they're all at it, even the G-Shock. So they brought out a GTR, yeah. Nissan GTR commemorative edition. And it was just... Maybe they designed it so it looked like it had hundreds of gauges, boost gauges, oil pressure and everything. But it had just all these little miniature dials all the over the place. The one, yeah. Ah, just... For a company that is so particular, there's, there's Ratsu finishing, they're polishing, mm. Mm. and then they just throw everything on it like a 1990s Subaru. <laughs> So they need to get the right yeah, together. We're, we're, That's exactly yeah, we're, 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 we're looking at the photo now. And Your Grand Seiko loved it. I'd for a GMT, a Power Reserve, a Chronograph. They just get it all in one one. I mean, they're not messing around. There's what, GMT there. There's Power Reserve. I mean, yeah, it's Grand Seiko. They're supposed to be classy and elegant. That's just... Uh, oh, it just looks like a... What, what, what do you think about the... Um, you, know the um, you know the Chronograph they've got? The massive pushes. The massive screw pushes. Uh, yes, I couldn't tell you what the reference is. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. exactly the one you mean. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've always wondered about this because if they made a standard chronograph without those terrifying pushes. Ah, you mean this one, the Spring Drive GMT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy at Red Bar has one, and we were playing with it. What, um, Handsome Rob? Handsome Rob, yeah. The, what, the, the bloke from Grand Seiko? Yeah, 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 the big tall handsome Northern bloke, yeah. SBGC203. Yeah, that's one. You, 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 Ricky, you know the, uh, the big chronograph? Uh, the, the one with the um, big pushes. Mm, I don't have a working computer in front of me, so I know I do not. Uh, it's, it's coming. It's coming to you. You are receiving the photo <laughs> from us. <laughs> it it does not matter if you're sending me a photo because I am logged in with my phone to this recording session, uh, and I ain't going to touch nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you make a very good point. Yeah. yeah. yeah no. But it's, it's that, that was one thing which I didn't quite understand because if they made a standard or more traditional, as it were, chronograph with more traditional sort of pushes, that would, my God, that would be attractive. Hmm. But then they make this awesome chronograph, and it's the Spring Drive GMT chronograph. It's got all the bells and whistles. Then they just put these, like, 
hideous bushes on them. I still understand it. It sounds, are about. sounds a little bit like the Scottish football team. They do really well up until about five minutes till the end, and then they just fuck it. And then just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, With the I final, agree. the final touches and just ruin it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I, Grand Seiko are I, they're superb. They're yeah. Superb. I went to the Hadinki Grand Seiko event in London. Oh, cool. When was that? Pre-Christmas. That was October, because we did the Glasgow oh. one the following week. Yes, yeah, yeah, no, that's right, you did. I can't remember where you were, Cal, doing that. I think it might have been exam. Yeah, it could have been, so that's why I went with another motive of mine. And, um, that's very sad about that. Because they're, they're not really a brand that you get to get hands-on with that often. I mean, yeah. there is a boutique. There's now actually a pop-up in Burlington Arcade. There is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's, um, there's one in... And there's one in Knightsbridge. What's in Switzerland and... Street. And there's they've also, got, yes, they do. Up, yeah. uh, but then just being able to get hands on with them, you, you don't, yeah. they're, they're a brand that you can't really appreciate just quite how well made they are until you see them. Mm. Now, the, the finishing and the yeah. quality yeah. is just, it shits on most Swiss brands, really, in the yeah. same price range. In I, price bracket, yeah. Recently, I've recommended to people who are looking at buying Rolex Amiga, I've said, sod that, buy Grand Seiko. But the thing is, people who are coming to us for advice on what watches to buy, I mean, that they don't know about watches themselves. Yeah, but why they come to us? <laughs> God knows. I keep, keep, telling them, yeah. keep telling them this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a surveyor. Leave me alone. So, yeah. no, the, uh, my friend as well, uh, Lucas from uni, he mm-hmm. was messing with me about this, and he said um, I was recommending Auris because he was looking oh, mm-hmm. at that, so like one or two, and I was like, great, great brand. And his actual response was simply, oh, I want a brand that people have heard of. And I was like, for fuck's sake, man. Like, yeah, that's... And this is, you know, in that price bracket, those Aorus Divers are absolutely... An Aorus Diver 65 sort of, yeah, is that's exactly one of the best what, watches you can buy for 1,500 quid. That's, that's what I suggested to him. Yeah. Um, and, and then it, it, afterwards he was like, oh, you know, what about an Accuracy? And I was like, you know what, they're, no. not, they're not bad watches at all, no but just don't, don't get the quartz. This so, is the issue. People is, go for brands... Yeah. If- Unless yeah. they get into a hobby, they will go yeah. for a name. And I'm guilty of it yeah. as well. When I got into this hobby, it was through buying a second-hand Rolex because mm. I had a little bit of money. I thought, I've got a car, got a house, okay, I've got a motorbike. What am I going to waste cash on next? I need a watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just so happened, the watch that I bought, it's a, it's a story I've repeated many times, it was knackered. And I knew that it wasn't right. And I went looking, find out why, Googled things, found Rolex forum, found websites and YouTube videos. Mm and got an appreciation for there's actually a lot going on under this dial. And if it wasn't yeah, the fact yeah, my first yeah. watch was a shitter and I returned it, then I wouldn't have gone into the hobby because I just bought a nice watch, Rolex and the dial, happy days, moving on. You wouldn't life. have got involved into it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah exactly. It was the, the brand. It, it was through my father. My father passed away many years ago, but he'd always said to me growing up, you know, James Bond watch was the Rolex and, you know, it's, it's mm. the one to go for or Ferrari or Rolls Royce. It's one of those three brands that stands out. Yeah. And yeah. tag... For somebody just getting into watches, maybe a little bit younger, less disposable income, or getting bought as a present, that's where people tend to go. But the resale value yeah. on them, value retention's crap. It's, it's terrible. It's yeah. horrible. One of my friends just bought his, I hope he never hears this, just bought his son for his 18th a tag quartz. Oh, that's much more than cool. And I thought, oh, that's, I bet it's the F-bomb that's F-bomb. not cool. But hey, listen, you know, it's hard to explain to people things. And like you say, yeah, somebody yeah, will easily spend £350 on, I don't know, a Balmain t-shirt or something compared to something else. Just because it's got a name on it or a swanky yeah, pair of trainers. Yeah, but yeah, a yeah. Tudor, an Omega, bloody hell, Christopher Ward for less than 800 quid will get you an amazing watch yeah, with a yeah, super yeah. accurate Salita movement inside. The, the same case as 
Tag and Tudor, uh, same manufacturer mm. that Tag and Tudor used. Mm. Yeah, yeah. For six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred quid. Yeah. Or or whatever they're going to be called, if because they're not going to. Not going to be called Crystal Ward anymore, apparently, mm. if the rumours are to be believed. I don't think so. They might change it to CW or something like that, but they, they won't change it away from Chris's name as much as... Uh, okay. we, I was going to say, it'd, it'd be stupid, like, their brand is based around that name. It would be silly to change the name. Yeah. Thinking about it. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? But no, you're, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, it, is, it is difficult to say to people, you know, actually don't buy a recognisable name, buy something that's going to last you, but, you know, people are just drawn to... The, the 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 brand means so much. Yeah, I mean, that's it, where Grand Seiko probably fall down a bit. Because that's, that's why they, they took are... the name Seiko off the dial because it used to say Grand Seiko Seiko. Yes, yeah, yeah. But people, yeah, yeah. and it's the reason that's too many Seikos. Too many, and it's the reason that Toyota have got Lexus because they knew they couldn't do a high end Toyota, and people would pay the money. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then I think in five, give it, give Grand Seiko five years, and they will be but, more of a household name. But I reckon Grand Seiko are probably pretty happy where they are. They're appreciated by nerds. They're appreciated by people who appreciate them. I don't know if they're actually that bothered about trying to get into the mainstream. They are. If I was going to say, if I was going to if I was going to say, I think I would, would I'd want, I'd be wanting to get into the mainstream. But I would agree with you. I'd be. Well, I mean, I suppose if you're trying to make money, you're not going to give a shit who's buying your watches. As yeah, as yeah, yeah. But I think there is something nice to be said for actually only people who really appreciate the brand buying it because people buy Rolex. I've got a bloody clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Felix. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Grand Seiko, that's uh, that's the one. So, so why? So why then is Seiko like, like, like normal Seiko sponsoring Djokovic? Then why did they not give Djokovic a Grand Seiko? Because he's like the poster boy for Seiko, isn't he? At the moment, and he wears it during yeah, he, he, in like London, so he's always wearing Seikos. Well, what Grand like Seiko and Seiko have done is they've blurred the lines between the two brands. Yeah. Because you've now got a little bit of crossover. Some higher-end Seikos, like the Presage, Presage and yeah, ones. have yeah, now yeah, got yeah. spring-drive technology, which a couple of years ago they said they would never do. Mm. And then you've got Grand Seiko that bleeds up the way into Credor. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and the new yeah. Seiko 5 range, they're, they're sort of funky, very streetwise. They yeah. are new entry-level. Quite cheap, loads of different ideas. You've probably seen them all. The NATO straps. Well, I may bought one. Yeah, I tried. I tried it. Yeah, one, yeah. so uh, yeah. cheap and cheerful. If you like it, it works for you. It doesn't break on you. It doesn't die. Then you might mm. think instead of going right, I'm going to get an Omega for my next watch, Tudor for my next watch, or whatever. You'll yeah, think yeah. I'll just go up the you ladder. Think take it. Yeah. yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. I know. I know that we're we're getting a bit bit short for time. But speaking of the new Seiko fives. Cal and I were having this conversation a couple of weeks ago. The thing that I don't understand, and don't get me wrong, some of the dial variations I think are very cool. The, the uh, a friend of ours, James um, Kibble, Kibble watches. Oh, yeah. He just picked up the the black on black, which I we haven't seen in the flesh yet because we haven't seen him in ages. I've seen the black on blue in the flesh, and that's quite cool. The thing I don't get is, yeah, okay, they're basically an SKX reimagined. Mm. But why are you calling a particular line of watches Seiko Five when Seiko Five? encompasses the whole family of Seiko 5s. To mm. me, it seems like their branding is just completely... I don't know. They, they now have a, a whole range of however many different watches that are Seiko 5s, and they now have this line that's just the Seiko 5. Why not call it something new? I don't know. It just seems a bit odd to me that they're calling a watch... Do they actually make anything else called Seiko 5 now? Because obviously I know they used to. Well, they're still making the... Um... Yeah, they still make Seiko 5s. Do they? Yeah. Oh, those little I think ones. because Japan, 
It's just the yeah, way they, yeah. they have their own <laughs> yeah. idea on everything. I mean, they've got yeah, they've yeah. got vending machines that will sell you used schoolgirl school panties. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. From, they think so outside I, wait, the box. Hang, hang on a minute. They have vending machines. Have you not seen this? They have. Hang on. They have vending machines that sell you used pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah vacuum yeah. sealed. Yeah. Well, get me to Japan. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so <laughs> there joking, we go. Of it's a different world over there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, they just do what they like. And up until, oh, God, well, five years ago, Grand Seiko just was a nobody. Yeah, it was. And yeah. now, and I think Rolex and waiting lists have a lot to do with it because yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. go from Rolex to Omega because as much as they're a brilliant brand and I own both, it feels like you're taking a little step backwards mm. or down yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at resale values, that is there or brand recognition. Yeah. But to go mm. to Grand Seiko, suddenly you're a connoisseur. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's true, it's true. Actually, speaking of Rolex waiting lists, yeah. and I'm not going to say who it is, and you can't say who it is either, but a friend of mine who is in St. Lucia at the moment, he um, was he's on holiday. He was just doing a bit of watch browsing because he's a bit of a bit of a watch guy. And he has managed to find uh, a Hulk brand new from a watch dealer in St. Lucia mm. for retail price. Yeah, mad. Six nine fifty. Christ. Which when you consider they are double that on the pre owned market at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want uh, Rolexes without the uh, the wait list, St. Lucia that's the place to go apparently. Well the wait list have also taken a tumble here in the UK. Not for the Hulks, not for the Daytonas, because you're still multiple years, but if you're looking for a yeah. Mac girl, you can walk into dealerships, put your name down, express an interest, and possibly have a call within a month to three months. And, and Ricky thought, so, so uh, Cal's looking to be confused. I know what a Mac girl is. <laughs> for Cal and the people listening who don't know what a Mac girl is, can you just quickly explain what the uh, what a Mac girl is? It is the new version of the BLNR. So it's the one that's uh, on yeah, the, the Jubilee. Jubilee. Yeah, yeah. And pissed off BLNR owners who didn't like the fact that their watch is now considered vintage and out of production right, decided yeah, yeah, to name yeah. the new version the Batgirl because it's got the yeah, little okay. girly Jubilee bracelet. <laughs> I quite like them both. I've got no problem with uh, yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. I, I like the look of the Batgirl, but again, so it's the Jubilee bracelet's integrated. No. Or fixed, isn't it? No, not at all. That... No, that's the Pepsi. That's the Pepsi. Ah, the Pepsi. Yeah. See, that was no, because they're, like... they're still removable. I swear I read some of them, you couldn't tell. So, I've read this as well, but this is the same as the new Alang Zerna Odysseus, because yeah. everyone went, oh, that's integrated. No. But actually, you can take the bracelet off that. No, what they said well, was they changed the end link structure so that you couldn't take an oyster uh, bracelet from something uh, else and put it onto the Pepsi to make it look as if it white gold Pepsi. The white gold one, yeah. But yeah, yeah. you can, because the spring bars do fit. They're a little bit moved, but you can still do it. If you wanted to. You know, you know what we need to do? We need to, outside of the podcast, we just need to have watch lessons from Ricky. Because I thought we knew things. <laughs> yeah. We talk about watches no, all day, every it's, day. It is a bit embarrassing. And actually, we know fuck all. Yeah, no, we're useless. Well, what to do is, we're, I'll we're send enlightened. you Rick, and then you guys will look like superstars. Wait, send, uh, what is it, like posted? In pieces and boxes, <laughs> if you like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, on that point, one of the, the biggest learning curves I did was when I built a watch. Yes, so yeah, I don't know if you saw it, but there was, um, there was an article I wrote. So this was actually last Christmas, so not the one this year, the Christmas before when I gave my art and you threw it away. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I built a pilot and basically went through eBay and found 
uh, movements that would fit the case and dials that fit the case, etc. So all it, it was all from different suppliers, but they um, they all came together and basically it looks like a pilot watch. Basically, it's very in um, like a big I thought it was it, it would just be such a simple thing. I was like, okay, well, you know, you put the put the movements together and it's all fairly sort of fiddly, but you know, all goes in together and then you put it. My God, it's 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 so much more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of the biggest watch learning situations I've had because I was learning about different components and movements and I basically lost one of the springs and had to go get my friend at Antique Watches to uh, shout out to John shout out to John at Antique Watches yeah Uh, yeah yeah, I was there and um, I had like my my mum and dad like looking on the floor trying to find this spring uh, chaos but it was uh, yeah that that was a learning curve but you know Fix and I uh, rose up learning learning more if you guys want to learn a lot of stuff there's two YouTube channels I would tell you to go and look at and I'm going to annoy all the people that we know that run YouTube channels. The first is Watchbox, Tim Mosso. Yes, he um, is. Yeah, He yeah. is, without doubt, the number one of anybody I know. And we managed to get him for our 100th episode, and it was just brilliant. He's the guy. Again, he's yeah, the guy. Yeah, that was a very good episode. Yep, he's the guy, I would say, helped me get into things, because when that first Rolex didn't work, and I was looking at videos, I started watching him. Uh, no waffle, no bullshit, just start mm. to finish information uh the second person or second channel i would check out is the watches tv which yeah, is yeah, in geneva yeah. uh we've actually had an interview with the guy that runs that mark which will come out in the next week or so the swiss guy yeah yeah with the glasses yeah, yeah. He's, he's a cool reader i like him he lot. shows he's you got the bloody mbnf um hasn't he? he's got everything but he knows everybody yeah. and he deals with everybody so he'll show yeah. you things you didn't know and two of his best videos... That's my pickup line on the <laughs> uh, Well, there you go. Uh, two of the best videos on his channel are Peter Speak Marine, who is the naked watchmaker. He took a Submariner to bits, the movement right down to the screws, and explained how it was all put together, how it worked, and why Rolex movements are as good as they say. Why they're mm. resilient, why they're bulletproof, why you don't... Rolex will tell you on their website, do not service this thing for about 10 years. They give you a five. They were the first to give you the five-year warranty because the last. If they're saying service in ten years, chances are on daily use it'll last fifteen. Occasional yeah, use yeah. twenty. Yeah, I'm holding off on getting mine service for as long as I physically have. Yeah, to. they tell you. I, they say don't oh, get it yeah, serviced unless it's starting to play up. So get yourself a hundred-pound oh, yeah. time grapher from Amazon. If it's not yeah. holding power, if it's starting to deviate a little bit, and it's not magnetism, get it serviced. Otherwise, don't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I for me, I just want to test the service life and see how far I can push mm-hmm. it. You know, we well, might see twenty fourteen, and what we now twenty twenty. So that's six years, and that's definitely not been serviced. Yeah, still going strong as well, isn't Absolutely it? Absolutely no problem with it at all. Yeah, yeah. And what well, I, I actually miss it. And what people said as well with it was actually Tim also on one of his videos, which Goldberg has kind of, I don't know, his handlers, the, the guys that run Watchbox, yeah, probably yeah, didn't yeah. like him saying it, but what he said was coming up for four and a half years of your five-year warranty with Rolex, send it back and yeah. say it's not keeping time and they will pretty much service it for free. Nice. Yeah, exactly. And then you've done it within the warranty. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember Rick mentioning that on a previous episode. That's, yeah. uh, that's a good little good little hack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With this one little hack, Rolex will be able to service your watch for free. Yeah, yeah. So. Take, t- take note of this. One, one, one thing that I found amazing, so I only found out recently, is, is um, Rolex is a registered charity. Yeah, yeah, it is. So yeah, it doesn't yeah. pay any tax. No, no, so it's a charity. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, before it, Hans Wolsdorf passed away, that's what he said. He wanted it to be a charitable foundation so yeah. they couldn't get chopped up and sold for parts. 
because I think in Switzerland yeah, okay. there was some kind of I don't know how long ago it was, but the the rules and the laws and regulations said that you didn't really sell a company; it kind of went to your family, and if your family couldn't run the company, then the state took it, something along those lines, or it dissolved. Uh, okay. And he just yeah. he wasn't quite up on that, but most people don't actually realise or know that Rolex was a British company. Yes, yeah, yeah it was. So, so yeah. when somebody's giving you a whole load of bullshit saying best Swiss company is Rolex, well, actually they're British. It's, it's English, yeah. Right. Well, at sixty-seven minutes, I think yeah. we should probably start to start to wrap things up. Sounds good to me. So. Ricky, why don't you do a bit of shameless promotion and uh, and tell everyone where they can find you for, seven, for, for, for the people who, who don't already know? Don't already know yeah, well, I am one half of the Scottish Watches main team, so that is ScottishWatches.co.uk. We've been running the website, podcast, YouTube channel, Instagram for just over a year now, and we're having a good laugh with it. We take a different slant, as you've heard in this podcast, and the way we've explained things. We're just having fun with watches. And, you know, we're not all about brands. We don't care if it's cheap or it's expensive. We'll drop and break and slag off everything that's out there. So yeah. check us out. We've got a podcast that's out twice a week. That's where you guys heard of us. So we're, on Insta- mm-hmm. we're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. Just search Scottish Watches. It's about an hour per episode, which is just about the right length if you're commuting or you're going to the gym or whatever. We've also got stuff on YouTube, the talk shows. That is our little chat show. runs for about an hour per episode. And the one that you guys saw there was with Oraj. We've also got one with Floatlight. That's oh, Dave Sharp. That's the ones with David, guys. They are his collection is. Yeah, he's he. It turns out, quick story before we finish up, we interviewed him for maybe our tenth podcast last year, and it was maybe just the day before we we're about to. Because also we speak beforehand, set things up. It was the day before that I figured out that I actually knew the guy, and I'd interviewed him fifteen years prior when I used to run a car magazine because he used to do rally driving. So that's quite a... Uh, yes, yeah, I remember, again, I feel like I said this, I remember you mentioned that on, a, uh, on, on the episode. Yeah, it was you, very uh, surreal, but now me yeah. and Dave, we're really good friends, we've got the same sick sense of humour, but he has been mm. instrumental in us moving up the ladder, getting contact, seeing watches, doing videos, so we did a talk show with him as well where he shows off just a fraction of the watches that he has, he's got such a collection. Um, yeah. So check that out, and also Instagram, at Scottish Watches, because we've got lots of obscure and random stuff on there, including memes that we make and things that will Some get us into very trouble. funny memes. Very did funny. you see the Horology House video remix that I did? <laughs> I, I, I found that. I'll show it to you after yeah. we finish recording. It is gold. Absolute <laughs> Thank gold. you. <laughs> very, very funny. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Oh. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll share that on our Instagram. It was uh, very funny. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, and, and same with us. So uh, if you if you follow us already on Instagram, just search The Young Horologist. We yeah. also run a podcast, which you can get on Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, wherever you get We've your podcasts. We've actually got some momentum now. We're actually turning well, things out. Exactly. So whatever it is, five or six. So we're, uh, yeah, we've so got yeah. some momentum behind us, which yeah. is good. Um, and yeah, check us out at theyounghorologist.com. Oh no, .co.uk. .co.uk. We post articles sometimes about <laughs> watch things um, I'm not going to promise any regularity because uh, we go through phases but yeah we post frank honest reviews articles yeah, yeah. Um, yeah just talk about watches really um, but Ricky thank you very much for coming on this yes. has been a pleasure yeah, no problem at all get you on for a hell of a long time been big fans of you for well since, since you started the podcast yeah. thanks um, very so much no, thank you thank you very much this has been great good stuff yes. guys well thanks for having me on and I'll catch up with you soon Cheers. Perfect. Catch you later. Thanks a lot, Ricky. Cheers. Bye.